This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSCs that comes in and helps me out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. They get a new voice. Hey, hey. New voice on the, on the big announcement there. And uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to be here to help you out with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Get online, uh, 1-800-966-WTIC or 522-WTIC. Lines all jam up later in the, in the morning. So if you want to get on now, feel free to, and uh, we'll do our best to help you out. Speaking of helping folks out, um, you might have heard there was a large fire um, in Willimantic uh, this past Sunday. And uh, believe it or not, Willimantic Waste is a client of ours. And we were able to respond that Sunday. We had folks on 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 site Sunday. Uh, we got the call around 10.30 in the morning. And by around 5 in the afternoon that day, Sunday, the company was back up and running with their IT. And uh just wanted to say that because it's really where the rubber hits the road when you have your IT companies out there supporting your businesses. Do they have the capabilities of actually getting you up in the instance of a disaster? Now, in my 28 years, that's only the second time a client of mine has ever had a fire. So thankfully, disasters are rare. But can your IT company actually respond the way we were able to for Willamantic Waste? Uh, I ask that question because most IT companies in our in our space don't stock hardware. They make you buy it from Dell or HP uh, mail order directly. Tab has been building computers and servers for, gosh, forever. We stock parts. We stock systems. We are able to get systems out to our customers when they need them. In this case, we got a ton of them out to Willamantic Waste that day because theirs were affected by the fire. And uh, we were we have great backup technology, so we can get them back up and running on a server that we bring out um, should they need it um, for a disaster. So when your IT company says they can respond to a disaster, can they? We have SWAT servers on. On hand. On hand. So that... These are spare servers ready to rock and roll. We also don't charge you for them. Most of our competitors would sell you something called a BDR and charge you for it. Uh, we don't do that. We don't charge to respond in an emergency fashion. Willimantic Waste didn't pay anything differently hourly to deal with this issue for them. They were pay, they were billed the same way they were billed in their normal supportive uh, that we offer our customers. I'm sure most of our competitors would not do that for you. So just wanted you to kind of understand how we were able to help our our, our client in their time of need. Um, it's a great company, and it was a horrible thing that they went through, and uh, we were just happy that we could be there for them uh, during that uh, that issue. And literally, it, the folks there were up and running by that afternoon. Um, and they had some other space, thankfully, that they could use on campus there at the uh, uh, at their site that they could set up a temporary location for their system. So. Find out if your IT company really can help you if you have an, a disaster. Or again, hopefully you don't ever have a disaster because thankfully they are they are fairly rare. Just roll the roulette. <laughs> yeah. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. In other, in other news, Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. This is an interesting article. Uh, the Woz, you know, he's one of the guys who's no longer with Apple. So sometimes you want to take uh, what he says with a grain of salt. But he, his, his uh, comment here is, I don't believe anything Elon Musk or Tesla says. Uh, he's a big fan of the concept, and he says, you know, Tesla's got a beautiful product, 
But within the article, it talks about all the promises Musk and Tesla make about the technologies that they're supposed to offer. And, and um, you know, he talks about these uh, autopilot systems where, you know, you're going to have the ability to drive across the country in autopilot. Uh, and they realized that the, you know, the sensors they bought from the certain company that supposedly were going to offer that uh, back in 2016, um, they already got rid of because they couldn't use the sensors to do that, and they went with cameras. And again, the technology really isn't there, um, according to Waz and, and what they've been talking about as far as Tesla goes and Musk making promises that he really hasn't delivered on. And the funny thing about this article is Mr. Wozniak, although he has a Tesla because he's got plenty of money, um, prefers driving around in his Chevy Volt <laughs> um, rather than driving around in the Tesla. Uh, it's just, too, you know, basically he likes the Tesla for long drives, but he prefers the Chevy Volt. Uh, because uh, it's just what he likes better uh, than the the, uh, the higher end, uh, more expensive Tesla. The, the drawback of the Volt simply is that there aren't enough charging stations to go on long trips. That's why he has to take the Tesla. I'm not sure, but I believe the Volt also runs on electricity. But you, uh, it has a, an engine that runs the generator. Right. They cover both. They killed two birds there. They, right. You so, can you can put gas in it and it can recharge as you're driving. Correct. So. so it doesn't really have a uh, – if you don't find the stations, you, you're still not stuck. Right. So it's an interesting little article by the Waz. Um, we can go ahead and put out this for you to take a take a read here, but it kind of made some news here that the Waz is, doesn't believe a thing that Elon Musk says or Tesla says anymore, uh, only because of the promises that have not been kept. So that's interesting, especially in a guy like Waz. But again, he's the one that left Apple. <laughs> he's kicking himself for that. Well, I'm not so sure that he left. I was reading uh, an article today that uh, – he might have been actually forced out by Steve Jobs. Well, that could happen too. That's well, true. I was reading that when that happened, he actually cried, broke down and cried. Really? Yeah. So well, that must have been a bad day at work. Yeah, that was one of the articles I was reading this morning. So. All right. In other news, you probably saw this recently. Twitter has a huge bot problem that's now out of the bag. So you might have you might think that you've got millions of followers, but they may be fake followers. And you might find that celebrities and people who think they are worth following, rather than actually getting actual followers, are purchasing fake ones for cheap. I mean, you can buy a quarter million followers for like a hundred bucks. And this comes back to again, you know, fake news, social media, and uh, you know, if you're going to sit there and say, "Geez, oh, I want to follow," I don't know, let's say Steve Wozniak. I don't know. I don't know if he's paid for these fake Twitter followers, but do you really? judge whether or not you're going to follow him by how many other followers there are? I mean, it's it's literally the lemming mentality. How many lemmings are following you? And I must follow you too. And Twitter allows you to buy more lemmings uh, for cheap. And they're fake lemmings. Eric, Eric, <laughs> what? Eric, oh, my. you know, if it's on the internet, it has to be true. Exactly. <laughs> New York Times did an investigation that found millions of accounts um, on the Twitter service are, are fake. Not surprising to me. Um, and so you literally can go out. It's, they call it, it's kind of like inflating your resume. You can go out and buy fake Twitter followers so that other folks can say, oh, geez, a lot of people care what that guy has to say. I'm going to follow him. And uh, you simply become a, uh, a digital lemming. Um, I'll never tell you to not to follow anybody you want to follow, but don't judge the numbers because it's probably fake. <laughs> There's like, you know, if there's 3 million followers, more, it might be more like 50,000 followers. Who knows? And do you have really enough time to look at all those tweets? 
mean, how much time in the day do you have to be able to follow everyone's tweets of whoever you're following? I don't have any time for that. I don't tweet, and no. I don't Facebook. <laughs> Just imagine how many times your eyeballs have to look back at your device just to see who's tweeting. Um, so I'll put a link out here for you, and uh, it's not it's really not a surprise to most folks, um, but it is kind of uh, finally gotten out that uh, the folks at Twitter have a big fake following. <laughs> big fake following at Twitter. Say that three times. Yeah. Please. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we go to calls? Because we're going we're gonna to go to a break in a, in a minute and get to a couple of bills, one from Stratford and one from Windsor. So what do you got going on, Bob? Yeah, uh, I got an article here. Uh, it's uh, Uber has a tip limit. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah, that was an interesting article. Yeah. So uh, this uh, driver, they wouldn't give her last name, but her name was Denise. She drove a person around from A to B and B to C and, sure. and C back to A and, you know, had to wait while, you know, the person did their business and right. what you call it. And they were very grateful. Right. Okay. So their uh, uh, their App. fare yeah, their fare, yeah. was 20 bucks. Sure. But it would only allow her to tip like $14 and change. So she got like around $34 right. for like 90 minutes of driving around. And the app limited And the guy it. didn't have any cash with him, so he couldn't tip her in cash. Right. But he was grateful. But, you know, that's where she found out about this tip limit. Right. And other people have had tip limits Lyft has as it too. Well. Lyft has a, a tip limit, yeah, uh, but they also have the ability, but their apps work differently. Mm-hmm. So they supposedly allow you to tip up to 200% of the fare, which didn't happen in this case. Right. But, and she thinks there shouldn't be any any uh, limit, limit on gen- generosity. Right. But the difference in the apps is if you do Lyft, mm-hmm. after you... Uh, exit the vehicle and you're getting ready to pay the fare, that gives you the opportunity to do the tip. Mm-hmm. Okay. With uh, Uber, uh, after you uh, pay the fare, they want you to take a survey to rate the driver. And most people don't respond to the survey. They got things to do. They're already done. They're at their location. They want to leave. So they don't offer you the ability to tip the driver until, until after. after the survey. Yeah, so if you end it at the end at the survey, right. you never get to the part where you tip the driver. Right. So And many drivers don't just, realize this. Don't even realize how the app works. Yeah, they're just beginning to figure and that fun, out. And it is kind of ridiculous. I mean, you can't be in a technology world and say people are, the, the excuse that Uber gave was that people would have fat fingers and inadvertently tip instead of ten dollars, tip a hundred dollars. Well, you know, that's ridiculous. In the beginning, they didn't allow tipping at all, so they added it in fairly recently. And yeah. uh, that's ridiculous too. Why can't you tip your driver? I mean, that's like that's that's the American way. Well, if they do you, a good job. Give them a tip. If they don't, just pay the fare and leave. If you're going to an important business meeting, let's mm, say, yeah, this is an example, yeah, and your car breaks down on the side of the road, yeah, you whip out your smartphone, and you, you call, call Uber. Up, Uber, and Uber comes, bails you out, you make that million-dollar sale, and do you want to tip the driver for getting you there on time? Of course you do. Of course. Well, Uber won't let you. No tip for you. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that. But again, technology is supposed to make things easier, and here's another example of it not. And uh, it's just mind-boggling to me. So, all right, we're going to get to your calls. We'll post all these articles for you at computertalkwithtab.com or on Facebook or, yes, you can follow us on Twitter. We have no fake followers. We didn't pay for a single one over at Tab Computer Sys. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm not sure what that noise is in the background. Oh, that's Matt. What are you doing, Matt? <laughs> He's rocking it out. This is. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online and we'll do our best to help you out. Let's get right to your calls. We've got uh, a Bill in Stratford first. Hey, Bill, what's up? 
Hey, uh, first of all, you guys got a great show. Thank you. Uh, living in Stratford, uh, your single isn't that strong, but on Saturdays I'm on my way to Yukon getting to see my, with my son in South Winter, so I listen to you all the way up. But, awesome. Um, I've got a seven-year-old LPC. Do you guys do PCs for individuals? We don't work for the general public, unfortunately. There's too many of you and not enough of us. Uh, we, oh, okay. we only focus on businesses, unfortunately, but there's plenty of great shops, I'm sure, in that area that would, would help you. And sometimes yeah. we, we recommend like the Staples uh, desk there. At least it's a, uh, a known business, and they tend to have some pretty good people on that desk. Okay. Keep up the good work. You guys are great. Thanks, Bill. All right. All right. Bye-bye. He's off to a UConn game there, and uh, that sounds like fun. Let's go on to Bill in Windsor. Hey, Bill. Morning, morning. Morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Perfect. Thank you. Enjoy listening to your show. Advice that you give other people as well as advice you've helped me on in the past. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, good question. I, I run a math system. I'm on Comcast for Internet Service. Yep. Uh, they recently been sending emails pushing this Norton, the Darren Norton Internet Security by Symantec for Math to download. Okay. And I I don't have that on the system because I I believe I looked at it once in the past and I had some issues with it running with the math and I took it off. Yeah. Uh, but see, but nowadays there's more and more uh, these problems with math, so I'm reevaluating my decision. Sure. And when I look at it online, they suggest downloading this Mac, but then they also say first download an anti-malware tool, and they give uh, VCAS, uh, Avira, Byte Defender, Malware Bytes. They give several choices. So, mm-hmm. But my a couple of questions I have, I don't know if one of these they're suggesting is better than the other for a Mac. And secondly, if I download this uh, Norton Internet Security they're suggesting, why would I have to run this? Wouldn't that product take care of any problem just by running that? Ah, great question. Um, so you have an Apple system, so you've been told, again, apples don't get viruses. Um, correct, correct. And but I'm starting to learn that probably is not true any longer. It's okay. It only took me 15 years to convince people of that, but we'll get there at some point. Um, so the question that you have there is antivirus versus anti-malware. So. Yes, Half the battle is not getting infected in the first place. So antivirus programs these days are a little more passe because what's happening is you're being infected by malware based on your surfing habits. And apples are affected as well, right, within the browser. We get calls from Apple Mac people all the time, and their browsers have been hijacked, and they're being sent to wrong sites or being told their Apple's got a problem, call this number. Um, So you can still have that same issue. So Malware versus antivirus, two different things. We want you to first consider a safer way to surf, which is by implementing OpenDNS on your network. Mm -hmm. So if you do that, as far as I'm concerned, that's your anti-malware solution. You're not going to get infected. Your your chances are much lower if you put OpenDNS on your network. And when I say put it on it, you're just going to put the IP addresses in and surf the Internet more safely by default. You can also limit where people go. If you have, like, you know, high school-age boys, limit where they go. (laughs) No, there's no children in the house. I use it primarily for business with business sites I'm searching. Perfect. I'm doing good good sites. Yep. So this, you still want to put this in place, though, because you could mistype. You could find yourself, you know, clicking on links, and this technology will prevent you from going to sites that are inappropriate or going to cause problems on your your systems. 
So that's your anti-malware solution as far as I'm concerned. Antivirus, I'm not a big fan of Norton. We're not big fans of Norton, even in the business world. We would recommend other solutions. Um, but it's free from your provider, correct? They're not going to charge you anything, or are they going to charge you? No, that is correct. It is free. So so if you want the additional layer, which it makes sense to have antivirus running, you can use the Norton in your case because it's free. So now you've got two things, OpenDNS for anti-malware. You've got your antivirus program running on your Mac. And then the last piece of this is if for some reason you do get infected and you can use things like malware bytes to remediate which means take away the, the problem that you that happened even though you had these two two tools in place but don't okay. you don't need them all running just have it available okay only and you only run it if i suspect there's an issue correct sir okay and i'll all tell right. you that's it Okay, and well, you said there's other things you recommend, perhaps other than the Norton that's free. What can you comment on? What some of those might be in the Windows world? It'd be Defender for Home. Yeah. I don't know what Apple. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what Apple has for free antivirus because they're so pompous. They think they're they're fine, so they don't have their built-in antivirus free software. I don't think. Um, hey, wait a minute. Yes, they do. It's called XProtect. <laughs> uh, so there might be. Something you can con- con- uh, con- consider. Uh, it does have its own built-in antivirus called XProtect. Um, okay. So if you want to do that and not use the the um, semantic solution, or we recommend WebRoot. WebRoot's a good tool you could purchase. It's not free. What um, is the name of the WebRoot. Okay. W-E-B-R-O-O-T. What I like about okay. WebRoot is it's a very light antivirus. It doesn't use up so much of the system resources as, let's say, Norton does. Right. That's one of the issues I had with the Norton thing, just yeah. what you just said. Yeah, so now you find yourself hampering your ability to do computer work because your antivirus is quote-unquote protecting you. Um, mm-hmm. But look into XProtect. I didn't um, know this until recently, literally a second okay. ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, not being a Mac user. No, uh, but we have a Mac uh, guy that helps us along with this show as well, so he, he noted it's Mike. Let me know about XProtect. Um, so it's built into your Apple. You could try that. It's free. Okay. Um, so if, again, you run OpenDNS or some sort of protection like that, your chances of getting infected with malware or ransomware or all the other nasty things that are out there are much lower. Okay. I know you I know you've talked about the OpenDNS lots of times on the show, and that's yeah. the one-time thing you do that, correct? Correct. You just configure it in your router, and it protects your whole network, or you can configure okay. it on your individual machines, and it protects them as well. Very simple to do. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, Cisco is behind it. It's a good thing. Okay. All right, Bill. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for calling. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have three lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, generally, the lines start jamming up just after 10. So between now and then, you'll have more opportunity to get online. So feel free to do so. But we'll be be here until 11 o'clock taking your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Mike will post everything live that we've talked about, all the links for antivirus, web defense, whatever you want to talk about. It'll be there over at computertalkwithtab.com. You can follow us on Twitter at tabcomputersys. And, of course, if Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy, you can like us on Facebook, and maybe it'll get to your newsfeed. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. And then uh, I think we got Dr. Alessian, healthy rounds, and then um, basketball. So stick around. And uh, I'm sure Bob and or Joe has the call. I'm not sure which one has the call for uh, 
the game. Probably Bob, uh, probably Joe, right? Yeah. So stick around for that. Let's get to your calls, and uh, we're going to go to Ted in Massachusetts. Hey, Ted, what's up? Hey, how are you guys? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Hey, my question is this. We're getting ready to uh, cut the cord yep. and go strictly with uh, Internet. Yep. Uh, we're going to go from... Uh, from Comcast to Frontier, so we're going to go to back to DSL. And my question is this: uh, We're finding right now we are doing uh, streaming with our current provider, yep. and we are very inconsistent internet. What's your bandwidth uh, speed? Uh, oh, you would ask me that. Um, Sorry, I'm a geek. That's where I start. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very intermittent. I mean, I have checked it. Uh huh. Okay. Um, well, I, I want to say one, one, two and a half. What, does that sound right? Two point five. Well, that sounds really bad if it's two point five megabits down. Um, so here's the thing, Ted. Yeah. Part to get streaming to work well, there's a couple of factors that you have to that are in play. Number one is bandwidth. All right, and if you're at two megabits, you're literally at a. Uh, it's like you're think of it as a faucet. And if you're at two megabits, it's like a dripping faucet in your sink. Okay? Yep. Really bad. That's that's not going to do well for you. You want to increase that bandwidth. Um, how many people are in your home? Uh, two. Okay. So you probably can get away with 20 megabits, 25 megabits um, compared to two. As you can tell, you can do the math on that, that factoring. Um, try 25 megabits. So see if Frontier offers that bandwidth. Okay. okay. Also, what type of device are you going to use to stream? Uh, we're we're using uh, Roku. Okay, so that's a serious device designed for streaming, because if yeah. that that'll help your process, it'll help buffer, it'll help uh, you know get the video ready to go and then deliver it to you and try to well, mediate between your bandwidth and your ability to to view. Well, here's here's what's been happening because we've been streaming for about over a month now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I would say once an evening, uh, we'll, we'll lose internet and I'll have to reboot the router. Wow, that's bring bad. It back. So that's under the that's under the cable. Yeah. So I'm I'm should I expect better with with Frontier because that's all it's available for. But call it DSL. So that's a hard question. Your your issue right now is that your cable provider is giving you bad bandwidth if it's two yes. and they're also giving you inconsistent bandwidth because their product keeps failing on you yes. um to, to say whether or not frontier could do that to you is is a kind of a incorrect question because yes they okay. sure can <laughs> they sure can yes. do that to you so my my thought is you could still go to your current cable provider and you can say look rather than losing me as a customer you could say i want to get just internet what is your base internet package and how fast is it um, for two people, again, 25 megabits is probably plenty of speed, and you might find still you'll save money over Frontier, and then you're going to need to get some new hardware because there's something wrong with either your modem or something else there. Yeah, I would contend that he's not getting the bandwidth he's paying for now. At two, yeah. Very important to do a speed test. And now also be careful because the, the cable companies will continue to try to sell you more bandwidth oh, than you need. Believe me, I've part of the a lot of the motivation is to get rid of them, quite honestly. Yeah, I hear you, because you just don't like them as a company. I understand, and I don't blame you. 
Um, but you're, you may not like the next guys either. Uh, but, the, but the point is, understand what your bandwidth needs are. Always start with the least bandwidth you need so that you're not yeah. paying for a fire hose when all you need is a nice, solid uh, garden hose. Um, okay. And that's where you, you'd start. So get can pricing I, and go from there. Can I ask you another question? Of course. Why, um, if I've been a customer of theirs for however many years, why wouldn't they be providing me with the bandwidth? What are they going to be able to do that, that they can provide me with more bandwidth that they're not doing right now? Uh, even though I'm paying for it. Well, you look at your bill because they could. You could have a bad wire. You could have bad cabling. You could have okay. a bad modem. So okay. your yeah. whole issue could be all just bad technology. Go ahead. Yeah, if you're not complaining about it, they're they going to assume that it's not broken. Right. So if it's not broken, they're not going to fix it. So we'll put a link up to speed tests uh, websites on our been, on our site. Yeah. I've been I've been speed testing. I just don't remember. Okay. It's been a week or two since I've done it, but oh, you don't I, commit yeah. that stuff to memory? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then go look at your bill and see what the bill says they're supposed to be giving you. Okay. If those two numbers match up, then you've got really, really bad internet. If it's in the two to five range, twenty-five megabits should do fine for most. I'll tell you, I survived with sixty-five megabits for my entire family of five. Kids streaming, online gaming. Um, you know, surfing, no issues whatsoever, and I could do probably better. I could do less if I wanted to, but I think the minimum in this instance is sixty-five megabits for what I, I uh, have. Twenty-five megs, and, and you're uh, happy. Yeah, I have never had a problem. Yeah, so but it's a combination of the bandwidth and the player, right? If you you can't expect a little Chromecast to do a real good job of buffering a stream, but you can expect a TiVo or a Roku or an Apple TV or some device designed for streaming to do a better job to mitigate bandwidth performance, right? So if, if 25 megabits is still not quite fast enough to download that high-def movie, the device is supposed to kind of buffer it for you in a nice, smooth way so that yeah. it can it can mitigate that issue. You don't have to go buy a 100 megabit bandwidth. The internet company is going to say, oh, well, Ted, you need more co- more bandwidth. No, you don't. You need a better yeah. player. Yeah. So yeah. always try to try to always look at the conservative side and avoid buying more than you need. That is their game. That is their constant game. And they'll always sell you more. You're going to need more bandwidth. How many people are in your family, Ted? Oh, three? Oh, you need 100 megabits. No, you don't. Okay. Bob's getting away with 25. I'm getting away with 65. And I've got, again, I had five I had five kids in my house. Two of them are at UConn for most of the time. But when they come down, I get big warnings from Cox telling me they're, they're consuming terabytes of data. No problem. No, no yeah. pausing, no jittering, no nothing, no issues. So yeah, no, we're just looking to run a couple of televisions. Yep, yep. So hope that gives you some ideas, but you got to start with knowing where you where you're starting. What's your bandwidth? All right, I appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. All right, Ted. Bye bye. Yeah, maybe the cable provider can fix it and make it work the way it's supposed to, and he won't have to change. Yeah, just lower you know, lower his cost dramatically to get rid of all the channels. Well, it could be uh, you know oxidation in in one of the connectors that's. Hurting right. his uh, bandwidth, or maybe his modem is old. Yeah, it's a Doxis one, and he, he needs a Doxis three dot one. Right, go buy a fifty dollar modem, and you're all set, running high speed again, and you're getting what you're what you're paying for. Um, let's go to Francis in Manchester because I'm not sure what the heck this is about. Hey, Francis, what's up? Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, are you? I ran Malwarebytes on, on my computer. Yeah, and what it says is it detected something called PUM. That's up uh, unwanted programs. Okay. And then it also detected something called PUM. And Wait, P, um, didn't you oh PUP and PUM? Right. Okay. Yeah, PUP is probably unwanted program. Correct.
Correct. And P-U-M is probably unwanted malware. It's a little generic. Correct. <laughs> All right. And basically what happened was, um, and this, this is uh, not ongoing, but every, uh, once in a while I'll turn on my computer and then this red screen comes on and it says you need to call this number, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Oh, that's and, then, and then what I do is I, 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 do, I close it out and stuff. Then I go to use the computer and it's fine. But I don't know. If there's something I need to get rid of, something yes. I need to deal with. Yes. Okay. Because you've got something on there that's trying to get, trick you into making that phone call. You do have malware on that system. Um, it needs to be removed. didn't pick it up, I guess. Well, it did and it didn't. Um, <clears throat> well, if you didn't ask it to remove that PUP or that PUM, it's still there. Right. Okay. You know, it's going to ask you. It's not going to do it by itself because sometimes it picks up, you know, you get a false positive. Right. And you don't want to remove something that, you know, you know it's a program that you installed. So could it be in his quarantine for malware bytes? It could- wouldn't be in a quarantine if he, he ran a scan and it found it. Yeah. And he said, do nothing, or he didn't say, you know, remove then it's not going to remove it. It's just going to leave it. From what I can tell, though, it didn't give me the option to do that. I should. It should be give you a little list, and it should give you like little check boxes next to it. No, it didn't. It didn't, huh? Did not do that. What version is it? A free version of malware bytes yeah, you've had? It is. How long have it, has it been since you've updated it? Uh, I updated it uh, probably monthly. Matter of fact, I just updated it within the last few days. My thought maybe would be to uninstall that version of malware bytes, and then re-download it fresh. Okay. See if maybe there's something up with the version you're running because it should help you remove it. The idea of it is to is to remediate. This is the malware bytes 3.3.1. Sadly, I don't have that memorized as far as the current version. You would you, Bob? No, I'm uh, not sure because uh, you know I can't keep up with the version. The versions change too fast. But just try try uninstalling it and reloading it and, and running it again. It should assist you with removing it. Um, there is other other uh, articles we can link for you that talks about dealing with PUM. This is official from Malwarebytes, and you have to deal with um, editing the registry because some of them are more embedded. Right. Um, so I can put some links up there for that for you too, uh, Francis. That would be great. Yeah, uh, you definitely have something. When you get that weird pop up saying "red," you know, call this number. It is a scam, and thankfully you're smart enough not to call it. But it means something is on your system, and you do want to get it out of there. Um, have you gone back to a recovery point before that pop-up occurred? I thought about it, but I did not. How, okay. How long ago was that when the pop-up started? Uh, I'd say probably uh, about a month. Okay. That's not too far back. So you can go to the system recovery center there and try to go back a month, and any software you loaded will no longer be there, and possibly this will no longer be there as well. Also, clear your cache. But this is on boot up, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, I guess after I get into the computer, right? After I get into it, right? All right. So you can go to, go ahead and try to go to a, re, a restore point um, before this happened. Try the first do the download I talked about. See if that works. We'll put a link up here for other registry thoughts that you can try. But you want to get rid of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's definitely something I need to get rid of. Yeah. Don't ignore it. And, and restore points. That's that, that's not an issue. It's easy to do. Yeah. Well, that depends because sometimes you can get malware that'll actually turn off your restore points. So you might want to go in and check and make sure you have some. that you actually have restore points and that it's enabled. And actually, if you notice that you don't, it probably is that the malware did that to you. I did actually go to check, and they they do show restore points. Oh, good. Okay. It's, then it just yeah, go ahead, Make Bob. sure that the settings is up. I always choose 10% because okay. a lot of times by default it might choose 1% or right. 2%, and that might give you enough for one or two restore points. And I like to go back further because you might not know when you got infected. So I always set it for 10%. So it's too late now for you. After you clean your problem, then make that change. 
Okay, very good. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right, got to step out, right, Matt? We'll take a quick break here, get back to more of your calls. Three lines open, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Chalk. Let's get right to your calls. All of a sudden, the lines are jammed up. I told you. Uh, so let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Bill and Granby first and see what we can do for him. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, Eric. How are you? Doing fine. How are you, sir? Good, good, good program. I've been listening for years. Thank uh, you. Thank you and Bob for your work. Our pleasure. About five months ago, I cut the cord uh, from Cox. I replaced it with a... Uh, I got the uh, high-speed internet from Cox and a Roku box for each of my TV sets. Yeah. And for a, for a, uh, I, uh, I subscribe to DirecTV Now, uh, which is the AT&T uh, uh, program. Okay. And and I'm I'm, I'm buffering uh, more than I I think I should. And I I get the speed test at the um, at where the router is connected to the computer. It's coming in. And the bandwidth is at 100. Nice. And at the, and, and at the um, with my laptop next to the TV, it's coming in at 48, which is reasonable, I think. Uh, yeah, but, but you see a problem. But it, but it's, but yet the buffering continues on when I watch it a, a program. Yeah. And uh, I don't, and you know, AT Direct uh, TV now, there's no way to talk to them. You know, it's all online. Yeah, I know. So, so. I have two Roku boxes. One works much better than the other, mm-hmm. uh, but but yet both buffer. Are they wireless or hardwired? Uh, they're wire. They're when you, they're are wireless. So wireless is how you're broadcasting that internet connection from your router to the Roku. So That's correct. One step there. Now your performance has been hit there. Obviously. Well, well it's forty-eight. The speed is forty-eight next to the Roku box. I don't know what it what it receives. But my my laptop is receiving forty eight. Yeah, uh, Bob asked a question. I didn't have his mic on. So, how old is your wireless router or your wireless device? It's less than two years old because I've only been in this house a couple of years, and I got it new when uh, when I when I moved into the house. So my question would be, and you might not know this, but what wireless standard does it go to? Is it wireless G, wireless N, or wireless AC? I don't know the answer to that question, Bob. Okay, so you're only so what's happening here is you're paying for a hundred megabit internet connection, but it's only being delivered wirelessly at at fifty or forty nine. That's correct. Okay, so that's that's part of your problem. Um, if you can hardwire those Roku's, I guarantee you'll have a better you'll have a better service. Period. Right, because they're not going to have to deal with oh, the wire, yeah. the wireless no, I, connection. I, yes, I totally agree. But I thought I thought that at four, when I tested at forty eight. It says, oh, that should be enough to run many uh, programs. And that's true, technically. Everything I, we've talked about, 25 megabits being plenty. But if you're using, that speed would be consistent with, like, wireless G, right. which is an older. Old. So then wireless N was a little bit faster. Right. But then wireless AC, everybody gets the maximum because it uses a technology called MIMO, which is multiple in, multiple out, which uses okay. multiple antennas. My point is, is that, when you have, if you have a wireless G, all of your devices are sharing that bandwidth. Right, rather than being a direct connection to the firewall router with the MIMO. So you'll get a better stream if you use the better technology. So with the MIMO or the AC, you're saying repl- replace the modem? We're saying replace the device that's handling your, wi- your Wi-Fi or look at how it's configured. Um, 
you know, if it's only two years old, it should have the technology to do a lot about what that Bob is talking about. Only two, only two years. But to, you see, that depends on the price you pay because they're still true. selling wireless G. That's true. That's true. So you might buy something new off the shelf, but if it's wireless G and you don't know, you're just buying on price. Right. You may not get what you think you're getting. Right. So, so if I look at my if I look at my uh, my modem router, which is one unit. Uh, and I look at the model number. I could just check it out online to see what type of signal I'm I'm putting out. And yes, sir. Yeah, so you want to look at the type of connection. Is it G? Is it is it AC um, or, N. or N? And then you want to look at the Roku and see what it can support because it needs to be it needs to be a player in this wirelessly. And make sure you get both of them configured to the better technologies, the N or the AC, rather than the G. And okay. and that. Shouldn't help to improve things, or if you can hardwire it, Bill. Yeah, always is best. Yeah, hardwiring would be a little tough. Uh, okay. but but, uh, but I think I think if I could uh, just get this compatible, I think that's the issue that you brought up, uh, Bob, and I, I appreciate the, uh, the the help. Yeah, you're you're paying for plenty of bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, and I'm getting it very inexpensively. They basically uh, reduce the cost uh, by I'm paying fifty dollars a month for it for hundred megabits. Hundred megabits, and and you know what's the nice thing about when you cut the cord, the taxes go away. Ah, yes, sir. Oh, Boy, the, yes. The, the taxes on the AT and T is are six percent, just like the sales tax, and the taxes on the Cox are six percent. Uh, there's none of these FCC and all this oh, other yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, be careful! Don't let Blumenthal hear you. <laughs> he hasn't hey, heard hey. a tax he hasn't found that he likes better. So be careful. No. Uh, but Thank yeah, same thing with much. same thing with cell services. I went to Project Fi, and man, the taxes are different. Don't yeah. say it too loudly. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Over. Hey guys. Good luck. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Oh. So streaming is a is a problem. Over a fifty thousand watt. I know. Flamethrower. I know. <laughs> Don't speak too loudly. They want to tax our tires at three bucks a tire. So these are people like Murphy We're already and Bloom paying taxes on Ay ay ay. But yeah, you cut the cord. All of a sudden, all those charges they chucked in there are gone until until they decide to pass them. Let's go on to Gary in Weathersfield. Hey Gary, what's up? Hey, good morning. I've got a Windows Seven laptop. It's an older laptop. And recently, when I went to use it, I received a Windows license is expired. This copy of Windows is not genuine. Uh oh. Yeah. Now it 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 came with a, a CD. I have the CD key number. I don't have the CD, but I have the CD key number. Was the key yeah, was the key written? In, well, was the key written on Sharpie on a on a blank CD or was no, it? It's, it's a copy of the sticker that came. Oh. I can't, can't find the CD, but I, I photocopied the. Um, the license sticker? He had a license sticker, yeah. I kept it with, you know, a file. So somebody could have copied that somewhere else. So depending on where you got that, Gary, you could you could have found that somebody, quote-unquote, pirated. Let's say, let's let's say for all intents and purposes, you were the legitimate purchaser. Yet somehow mm-hmm. somebody got a copy of that from you. Maybe you let them, quote-unquote, borrow it. Okay. The, the moment that second machine registered with the boys at Microsoft, they said, hey, wait a minute. I can't have two machines with the same key. Somebody's illegal. Okay. Is there a way to find out if? Well, I should have this. I can't find it. I don't believe I lent it to anybody. But is there a way to find out if there's a second machine out there with? Well, the fact that you got the alert is the way you found out. Um, So somebody or you or somebody shared some some software here. Um, You can call the the folks at Microsoft and ask them to uh, legitimize your key 
and they would delegitimize maybe the other key. You're going to have to call Microsoft to do that. They're going to ask you to send a copy of that, a photocopy of that uh, uh, certificate of authenticity. Right, or that key itself to prove that you are the rightful owner, Gary. Okay. That should help. That should take care of it. Your updates are not going to work until you do this. Okay. Would they have it on files that came with the machine? No, not really. But no, that would be with your manufacturer, yeah, if it gen- were Dell or HP. It's generally the fact that there's probably multiple keys out there, the same number that you're using, that's caused this issue for you. Okay. All right. Very good. All right, Gary. Good sir. luck. You're welcome. Okay. We're going to be here till uh, ten o'clock, uh, eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online. All the lines are wide open again, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, or concerns. Everything we talked about was posted on our old-fashioned website at computertalkwithtab.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Tab, uh, Tab Computer Sys and over at Facebook at Tab Computer Systems. Just like us. We'll be right back.